1: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. ctmobile.com.
0: mobilecom Eric Ashton is the Memphis Grizzlies radio network play-by-play play host. Are you in
2: Detroit? No. Okay. Oh. But in the area, but not in actual Detroit proper.
1: Oh, gotcha. Oh, You're okay, in the, okay. We, you, but you will be in the arena tonight.
2: I will be. It's one of the few buildings we still sit down on the court.
1: Uh, it's new, right? It's the, it's downtown now, right?
2: Little Caesars Arena, yes, sir. Yeah. Okay, they have the best uh, pregame media spread in the league because they have everything that you would want from Little Caesars, like pizza, wings, breadsticks, and then regular food that's usually pretty good. And then they have, like, hot dogs and a dessert bar. It's for, for – The people in the media that live to get a free meal, this is the spot.
0: Originally, though, the Pistons were not going to play there, right? Originally, this was the Red Wings' new arena to replace Mm -hmm. uh, Joe Lewis, Mm -hmm. and then they made the decision they wanted to be downtown. Is that what happened?
2: Yeah, so it happened pretty rapidly from what I understand because (laughs) they had poured $40 million into a renovation at the Palace at Auburn Hills, and shortly after that was completed... Uh, the Red Wings people made the offer to the Pistons, and I guess it was one they just couldn't pass up. And so they said, "Well, our lease is up at the Palace. See you later." And yeah. they stuck them with the repair bills or the uh, you know upgrades. And then guess what? They blew that sucker up about six months later. So
1: yeah, it's now uh, used
2: the as at Auburn Hills was out in this general vicinity, out in the suburbs more so. Um, well, know, and wasn't it like Silverdome?
0: It w- wasn't it considered like a f- a trailblazer for. How you build an arena like they did? Like I think they were the first to do the like, like all the luxury suites yeah. and everything. Like wasn't that yeah. like a, a,
1: a it was a huge arena? Yeah, huge
2: arena. Yeah, I enjoy. I actually enjoyed calling games there. Um, it was it was a huge arena. It was when they were good in the early stages of my career when they were really good. Um, yeah, like Larry
1: Brown. Like, Brown, yeah,
2: rocking man. That place Detroit basketball. basketball. Was, yeah. Yeah. I never yeah. loved that, but yeah, that's their thing. Um, yeah. But the, the fans were, I mean, they were packed. I, I remember years ago, they used to have a game counter up at the top that, that counted the consecutive sellouts. And it, it got over 275, 280, which is, you know, eight years, seven, eight years of straight sellouts. And so. Um, it's really kind of a shame. There's Detroit sports right now just are not very good. I, I'm not sure how the Red Wings will be, but they haven't been very good yeah. in recent years after a long run of tremendous success. The Tigers haven't been very good for a while. The Lions mm-hmm. are potentially scratching the surface, although they you know, didn't and show it all this They're weekend. still, they're they're still, still
0: the, the Lions. Yeah, it yeah, really, yeah I mean, with I mean, a it more entertaining, entertaining coach. That, it, well, no, it's like at least like they've understood like if you're going to lose games, just be fun to watch. Yeah. But,
2: like, it's still the same old lines. But their buildings I still, I are like, nice. I like yes. Dan Campbell, though. I, enjoy, I enjoyed the hard knocks. I thought it was a good year for that. I mean, I enjoy it every year for the most part. But, you know, it's, it's kind of remarkable to think that at one point this city had a phenomenal baseball, hockey, and basketball team. The football team was kind of, eh, whatever. Mm-hmm. But they still had the love. And, boy, none of them are any good right now. And... and uh, the Pistons have some building blocks. Jaden Ivey, who we obviously have watched grow up a little bit because his mother, Neil, was on our coaching staff and, and Jaden used to come when he was in high school and spend time with Neil and he developed a relationship with John Morant and now he's in the NBA. Um I Jalen Dern, obviously, and then the former number one pick, Kate Cunningham. They've got the building blocks, but they've they've got to fill out that roster. You know, I'm just looking over it and I'm like, ooh. The depth factor is not really there. They Marvin Bagley's hurt again. They did go out and get Bogdanovich from Utah, so that was a nice pickup for them. But you know, it just it, it's a hard league when you don't have a group that's going to stay, you know, long term. Then you're going to have to rebuild it, and it's going to take a few years to bring that group together. And I think that's where they're at. It'll be interesting to see what they do with Dwayne Casey moving forward, but. Certainly, Cade Cunningham can play, and I I believe Jaden Ivey is a very, very good prospect. Jalen Thurn, I liked a lot at Memphis. I think he's an NBA ready guy. And um, you know, the Bagley thing was just let's take a swing, and it you know he's out again. So we'll see. We'll see how they do. But um, yeah, out in the burbs, it's it's funny, man. When they're good, that's all anybody talks about. All I heard people talking about today were was soccer, the Munsters, and like what the. Uh what the Halloween plans were. I'm like, wow. A little different. A little yeah. Different
0: how did how did stuff. the Red Wings get so bad?
2: Uh, you know, that's a great question. I guess you miss on the same length like any other pro. Well sport. they had you miss on your draft. It
0: was it wasn't just but they, like they were always
2: good every year. Well it was because they, they had a bunch
1: of guys for like fifteen years who were like yeah, Steve
2: Yeah, the Like they had they Nick
1: Lidstrom. Nick
2: you know. Lidstrom,
1: yeah. Um and
2: boy, let me tell you what, when they were that when they were on that run and the Pistons were good
1: yeah, I was in uh, college we didn't stay then. Where in we're at now. it was crazy.
2: Yeah, we, would, we didn't it. stay where we're at now. We're in another little town, and you would go if the if the Red Wings were on. You couldn't get into places. I mean, you couldn't get a ticket, so everybody went out and watched it, and it was it was wild. Like yeah. how into it, like you'd go to a restaurant slash sports bar and. How into it everybody in the place was all the time. You know, it was like Monday night football every night.
1: I will say, Joe Lewis Arena I was, was like say, a great arena when it no, was full and it was loud, but was actually like a true dump. Okay, like the staircases permanently smelled yeah. like but, urine. But yeah. I,
0: there's some that's <laughs> that a real, bad. that's real home ice. Yeah, no, that's a home I, ice advantage. I, agree, like, I There's agree. something about those teams. Like, I've always like, wanted the Islanders to be good when they were playing at the Coliseum in Nassau. Like, I covered a playoff series at the Coliseum. Like, that place is.
2: There's it something rocks. about
0: a true dump. Oh. <laughs> a when barn. You have, yeah, like when you have a true dump yeah. and the team's good, like it just feels like a bigger home uh, field advantage, but bigger home court, bigger home ice. Think of
2: all those. Think of all those years for the Devils when yeah. they were good with Martin Brodeur and they were playing at the Meadowlands, and that place was uh, that place was not exactly what you would call modernized. The and, uh, what was it? Upscale. The Izod Center. <laughs> it became the IZOD Center, yeah. And the Meadowlands. Parking lot, so yeah, Meadowlands. It became the parking lot. Although IZOD, like, like
0: even in the Center. '70s, wasn't a big brand. It's like okay, that felt, right. that felt about felt about right. Well,
2: yeah. you know what? Though they when they moved, we actually when the Mets were in transition and getting ready to go to Brooklyn, they played a year at the Prudential Center in Newark. Yeah, and that's where the Devils are now. And it was it was nice. I enjoyed the game there. It was. It was not a fun bus ride out of there in the middle of a blizzard to get to Philly, a, a bus mm. ride that should have taken us about two, two and a half hours that took five. And uh, cars were literally stopping in the middle of the freeway because you couldn't drive. And this our bus driver just powered through. The only time the bus stalled was on the exit about a half mile from the hotel, like of all the places. And he got it going, he got it rolling, and we got to the hotel, and, and that was a wrap. So That's memories.
1: <laughs> memories. Grizzlies at the Pistons tonight, 6 o'clock, right here on 92.9 FM ESPN. Eric, you're up there. Do you have a sense? Are we going to see? Is this going to be another kind of near-dress rehearsal type of situation uh, for the Grizzlies? Do you have any sense of that?
2: I'd be surprised if it if it lasts very long. I think maybe the first quarter, uh, maybe the first half. I'll know more after I have a chat with Taylor prior to the game, like we always do. But um, I just my gut tells me that, They'll they'll play a little bit in the first half, and then when you can get them out of there, get them onto the sideline unscathed, then you feel pretty good about it. Uh, there's obviously some things that need to be cleaned up, as evident in the last two ball games, I thought uh, you know the, the defense is is got to come together a little bit more on a string. And you know, look, the, the simple fact of the Orlando game, they missed shots. They just missed. I mean, they got a lot of good looks and missed, and the game was on last night. Uh, on NBA TV, and the place we were at just had that happen to have that on, and we're we'll watching, and I'm remembering plays. I'm like, wow, missed that one, that was wide open. Um, missed that three, that was wide open. Missed that three, that went halfway down. And you're like, this game very easily could have been a, a double-digit win for the Grizzlies if they shoot the way they're capable of. But you know, that's the NBA. Sometimes the, the little round ball doesn't go in the little round basket. And it it looks like a square peg in a round hole and just won't fall. And, and you know I give Orlando a ton of credit. They they played with some energy. That that was their first home preseason game. And you know the simple fact is when you become a team that is now knowing you're the hunted and knowing what you have, the capability of doing preseason tends to look like this. I remember a lot of preseasons where the Grizzlies were an up and coming young team. A lot, you know, the 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 Magic are going to be good. I think in the next couple of years. Uh, the Pistons have a big building. So they get into these preseason games and they see a team that's had playoff success like the Grizzlies did last year and it, they ramp up for it. It happened to be their first preseason home game. The first time the Orlando fans got to see Paulo Banquero, who's really good. And so there was a there was a little juice there. And the Grizzlies were just kinda like, All right, how soon can we get this done? Let's 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 wrap this up. Let's be professional and work on the things we need to. And I know that coaches may not want to hear that and I don't think that everybody just Put their feet up and didn't care because at the end you still had your starters out there trying to make a run at it. But um, you know it's just one of those nights. But I think the, the 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 glaring issue right now for this team in terms of of improvement needs is on the defensive end, and that's where Taylor Jenkins. Uh, we'll we'll focus some things tonight. We talked about that in the pregame in Orlando. The offense will take care of itself. It gets you shots. It flows. It's going to work. It's worked for three seasons. It's going to work for a fourth. The defense is where you've got to get on point right now.
1: Well, Eric, it seems like, you know, obviously we kind of, we know definitely who four of the five starters are going to be. seems like, frankly, even the Santi part feels pretty set at this point. He'll, He's certainly going to get the first crack at starting in place of Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, and then you know, you know whether it's Tyus and Brandon and Zaire, you kind of know those three are going to be part of your rotation for sure. How, how do you see the, the back end of that rotation shaping up? Because you've got Conchar, you've got Roddy, you've got Laravia, um, you've got Xavier Tillman. Like not all those guys are going to be in the rotation to start the year. How do you see that back part of the rotation shaping up?
2: No, I think they have they have trust in John. I think they're they're wanting to see you know the steps that that Jake's going to take and and see where you know David Roddy really fits into this league. Uh, he's aggressive, he's strong, he's physical. Uh, they obviously like him a lot because they put him on the roster. Um, but I, I think you're right. You, Your you're top three guys off the bench, you know, it, it's Tyus, it's Zaire, it's Brandon. And then it's, okay, who sprinkles into that ninth spot and, you know, maybe go 10 deep at times. I don't I don't think he's going to try to run as deep. I, I really don't. Interesting. I don't. I think that the, you know... Because
1: he's gone with 10 by and large during the regular season. Every year,
2: yeah. And, and I think there will be a 10th guy that gets some minutes, but I think you... Play more with John, Tyus, you know, on the floor together. I think Conchart takes some of those melting minutes, but maybe Brandon Clark gets a few more minutes, and, you know, until Jaron gets back and you figure this out. But if Dylan Brooks is healthy, Desmond Bain is healthy, how many minutes a night do you give them? If you give them 32, 33, well, that only leaves six, 15, 16 minutes at, you know, each wing. So that's another 32, and Zaire Williams can eat up most of those 32. And then. You know, with Steven Adams, probably going to play, in, I would venture a guess, I'm not privy to this information, but between 27-31 minutes, and, uh, you know, the starting four plays the same, and then, you, you, again, you have about 35-40 minutes to be eaten up up front. Well, Brandon Clark's going to eat up most of those. So, I, you know, it'll, it'll be interesting. We saw what Utah did when they condensed against the Grizzlies a couple seasons ago, winning that series four games to one that seemed to be one of the focal points of the offseason prior to last year was condense the roster a little bit open doors for guys to play longer like Desmond Bain, the trading of Grayson Allen essentially for a guy you hope maybe could help you but then he got hurt and you released him and um you know you got a second round pick in it and they basically just gave Grayson Allen away to to take a swing at a guy like Sam Merrill to see if he could do anything and it, it didn't work but what it, what worked was opening the door for Desmond Bain to have the season he had so, I think there'll be some of that it'll be it's going to be a trial by error pro you know work in progress type situation like it is every year I mean don't forget this team was nine and ten yeah. after nineteen games last year. they were dead last in defen- defensive efficiency, dead last in opponent's field goal percentage. They were not getting it done, and they lost John Morant in that 19th game, and then all of a sudden they flipped the switch they had a discussion about it where do we need to be better on point in the last you know 63 games this team was was lights out they were phenomenal and their their schedule was a little front-loaded last year it's not like that this year but you know jaron's a big big factor jaron playing 78 games was a storyline that not a lot of people i thought gave enough credence or credit to him being there for 78 games to anchor your defense really was was huge for this basketball
0: team. eric we appreciate it buddy we uh i don't know you man i'm just ready for wednesday
2: uh, yeah I'm getting there uh, I am'm this is just this is the hardest game I think one yeah. of the hardest games of the year to call because you're just like just throw the ball up in the air start the clock don't stop it